Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by Federal Baseball now, I guess, Dave. Uh, I'm sorry, this is awkward at the beginning. This is Patrick Reddington <laughs> from FederalBaseball.com, along with Dave Nichols, who is now writing at FederalBaseball.com, and you all know him from the District Sports page, which is still going strong with coverage of the Capitals and the Wizards as they finish out their seasons, and Capitals are going to lose in the first round, but... Anyway, we're back with Matt Knightley, our 2016 season preview. I've got Dave from the District Sports page and now Federal Baseball and Doghouse from Federal Baseball on the line. Gentlemen, been a while. Mid-season form, for sure. How's everyone doing? How was the winter in Doghouse? We'll start with you. I just want to get the big question out of the way first. What do you think of the red loft now being the Bud Light loft and the things that the Nationals are doing at Nationals Park to change things up there, selling in the naming rights at some point in the near future and mixing stuff up there a little bit? Hey, it's it's always going to be the red loft to me, just just like uh, Giancarlo is always going to be Mike to me. So it, it doesn't matter what they call it. I'll I'll have my own names, just like the ornery drunk guy in the corner of the bar. But you know, good on the Nats for cashing in a little bit, getting some money. And uh, like we were saying at the beginning before the show, when we were talking, this is one more thing that we can blame Angelos for with with, with the Madsen deal. This is the only way the Nats can can uh, fund. Harper's $500 million extension. <laughs> Dave, we'll start with you with a serious question. Uh, what do you think the biggest move the Nationals have made since the last time we talked, or at least since the season ended? I kind of point to the coaching staff and maybe the medical staff, too, being rearranged, but mainly the coaches, Dusty Baker on the bench as the manager now in place of Matt Williams. I think Mike Maddox as the pitching coach is going to be a real big thing from what I've heard from the pitchers so far and what – Max Scherzer was saying about him just the other day and kind of the insight that Maddox is providing these guys, not to mention Davey Lopes out on first base, who's really just a base-running guru from what everyone says and looks like he can change things up for the Nationals and get him running again, but also some bullpen additions, some roster additions with Ben Revere and Daniel Murphy. What, what do you think the biggest thing Mike Rizzo did to kind of shake things up this winter was? Well, maybe the biggest thing that he did was something that he didn't do, and that was go out and get a veteran pitcher to replace Jordan Zimmerman. Um, anybody that's read uh, what I've contributed to federal baseball thus far um, knows that I'm really uh, harping on the idea that uh, the Nats are really taking a risk running with uh, Tanner Roark and, and Joe Ross in the four and five. I mean, these guys um, have had uh, bouts of success, um, but also are still big question marks. I mean, Roark uh, kind of disappointing last year, bouncing in and out of the rotation of the bullpen. Joe Ross uh, was tremendous, certainly wore down as the, as the um, season went on there at the end. And, and look, he's already had made more starts in the major leagues than he did at double-A AA and triple-A combined. So um, if he were to have trouble this year, he wouldn't be the first 23-year-old um, to make an opening day rotation and then have trouble. So um, and, and after that, there's really no fallback. So um, the only fallback there is is to summon Lucas Giolito, and they don't want to do that until Memorial Day to um, to save time on the back end. So, um, yes, I think uh, I think Mike Maddox is going to help the, the staff an awful lot. Uh, I, I certainly think that um, that Dusty Baker's um, managerial style is going to help the clubhouse. I'm not sure um, strategy-wise um, there's, there's going to be a whole lot of a difference between between Dusty and and, and Matt Williams, other than maybe the occasional stolen base. But uh, um, I, I still think the back of the pitching staff is, is the most critical thing for the Nats to look at this year. Doug, so ask the same question for you. Uh, what do you think the critical moves Mike Rizzo made or what's the best thing he did? Uh, someone, I think Chelsea James from the Washington Post, noted on Twitter yesterday that the 
only remaining uh, member of the opening day bullpen from 2015 is Blake Trinan, who was a last-second addition to the bullpen, the last cut essentially to make it there. Uh, you had Sean Kelly, Yusmero Petit, Oliver Perez, completely new-look bullpen, new-look at second, new-look in center with Ben Revere, Daniel Murphy at second base. What, what do you think about the job Mike Rizzo did to kind of turn things over? i got to tell you, the thing that has most impressed me and I think is, is most going to help the, the Nationals uh, – national chances this season. Write it down in Sharpie, kids. Chris Heisey is the new Mark DeRosa. <laughs> no, I, I I think you, you've rightly called out that uh, the, the big and most interesting change is the complete turnover of the coaching staff. You know, we've, we've had the changes in ones and twos over the last, last few seasons, and we've wailed and gnashed, gnashed our teeth about various people's uh, inexperiences or un, unwillingness to change their approaches. And well, by golly, we got it's it's a whole new look uh, new look staff in the in, in the coaching area today uh, for, for this season. Uh, so we're going to see some experience. We got people with with good results. Uh, it's all down to the players now, and it's it's a good core of people. This salad of new names in the bullpen. Uh, I like some of what I see. I'm I'm nervous about the rest of it. You know, I, I share some of the same concerns certainly that. That Dave has, if if uh, Roark can get back some of that magic he had in his first season after being whipsawed back and forth last season, and if uh, Joe Ross will make a go of it the second time through the league, but you know, there's there's something to be hopeful for, and I think for player wise, what has mainly been an off season of relatively minor moves, I, I think uh, Rizzo's done some good things to solidify the the roster. And uh, I think we can go forward at least cautiously optimistic. Dave, we've mentioned Blake Trinan, Chris Heisey ended up being the last two people to make the roster. Final cuts were announced on Friday night. Uh, Heisey has some history, though not a whole lot with Dusty Baker when I went back and looked at it. But Baker said he has uh, had more to offer than some of the other options. He plays all three outfield positions, a little more speed, a little better throwing arm than someone like Reed Johnson. Uh, he's an excellent pitch hitter in Dusty Baker's opinion. Blake Trinan, you know, sinker balling right-hander, you know that he can get the Dusty Baker keeps on talking about how he can get two outs with one pitch just by getting the ground balls that he's getting. Looked a lot better against left-handers this spring in a small sample size, but it looks like Baker and Mike Maddox have kind of made him their pet project there. But what do you think about those last two additions and maybe some of the guys who ended, didn't end up making the roster like Sean Burnett? Well, I'll tackle uh, Blake Trinan first because I've written about him a little bit and. uh um, pretty familiar with them. Uh, look, this guy is murder on right-handed batters. Um, if they can find a way to get him uh, even passable against lefties, uh, it would be a big coup. I mean, Trinan's got a big arm. Uh, um, occasional bouts of wildness, he'll lose his release point uh, on occasion. But um, but this is a guy that's got closer stuff uh, if they can figure out how to get um, left-handers out. Uh, the interesting thing that, that I thought that the, the Nats did as spring training was winding down was – Changed, was making was lifting him during mid innings uh, to allow a left-hander to come in and face a left-handed batter. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, why Baker really wanted to have three lefties in the pen. Um, eventually, uh, allowing Sean Burnett to uh, to try to apply his trade elsewhere, and they settled on two. Um, but I thought that was interesting the way that they used Trinan down the stretch. Uh, as for Chris Heisey. Um, yeah, he's got a little bit of pop. He can run a little bit. He plays okay defense at all three positions. And I guess that's really what you want out of your fifth outfielder, somebody that can 
play all three positions. And I think that's kind of what got him the nod over Reed Johnson and a couple of other guys that um, that won the playing time out there, uh, Matt Dendecker, uh, that type of guys. He's a right-handed bat, which I think they needed another right-handed bat on the bench. Um, look, you know, Chris Heisey isn't isn't a great player. If he's a great player, he would have been starting somewhere else and wouldn't have been available to the Nats as a non-roster invitee. Um, but for your 25th man, you could do worse, and the Nats obviously have done worse uh, in their storied uh, history. So um, I'm not going to get too uh, whiny and complaining about Chris Heisey uh, taking the last spot off the bench. So, guys, before we uh, welcome in our first guests of the night, we have a few guests lined up that are hopefully calling in over the next 20 minutes. But uh, I think one of, one of the other big decisions, I wasn't sure I, as much as I might have hashtag hoped for it, but uh, Trey Turner didn't end up getting the starting shortstop job. They're going to go with Danny Espinosa and give him the shot. Turner, they have to keep him down until around June 1st to guarantee another year of team control in the future. So we're going to finally get to see what Danny Espinosa can do playing on a regular basis at short. I've said before on this show that I absolutely love his defense. I, I kind of prefer him overall as a utility guy and would prefer that Trey Turner was up from the start. If they think they're competing this year, I, I don't like the idea of working in a shortstop midstream and also don't know what you do if uh, Danny Espinosa actually succeeds at shortstop and puts up good numbers and you leave Trey in AAA for the whole year. But just your thoughts on uh, the decision-making there and going with Danny Espinosa at the start of the season. Well, much as I would love to see it, see it I, I think that latter case you put there, what do you do if, uh, if SB figures it out, I, I think that seems pretty unlikely at this point. Uh, we, we've seen him for long enough that I think we can say that Espinosa is the guy that, that we've seen. And he's a, a very valuable guy to have on the roster. Uh, excellent defense, occasional pop, but just not a consistent enough hitter to be starting every day. And uh, that's that's a really good point that, if the Nets think they could make a run, and they could, uh, why not field the best best lineup from day one? Well, you know, it, this, this is why I'm glad they pay Rizzo to make these decisions and not me. Uh, I think I would have preferred, if they think Trey is major league ready, start him on the, uh, a game one. Get him out there. Get him seeing major league pitching. Uh, his success was mixed last season, but you know, we're, we're comparing this to a baseline of Danny Espinosa over the last two or three seasons where he's given us little flashes. Oh, I, I think I would have rather seen Trey up here too. But what do the Nets do if Danny actually does succeed? Well, I think that's a pretty good problem to have. Uh, and if they actually find themselves in that situation, embrace it. Dave, your thoughts on them going with Espinosa over uh, Trey Turner? As a, I, I guess he was probably the top choice there if they were going to go with anyone else, but uh, I didn't think Stephen Drew really realistically had a chance there, so I'm not surprised it was one of the two, but going with Espinova over Turner. You know, it's an interesting decision because Mike Rizzo is due um, an option on his contract uh, pretty early in the season, actually. He's got a, a contractual obligation to get his option picked up, and if he were really concerned about that, um, I think he probably would have had – not only Trey Turner, but Lucas Giolito on the roster on the opening day. So I think this is a, a decision that, that, that Rizzo has made organizationally um, that, that, um, that, that lends me to believe that, that he's not fearing for his job security at this point, that he's making decisions uh, based on not only this season, but for the, the, best, the, the best possible scenario for the Nationals long term. And I think – I think that's probably right, that the best, uh, the best situation here is to get through the first two months of the season 
being competitive in the division, allowing Giolito and Turner to both get two more months of seasoning at AAA, um, or Double A, I guess I suppose in, in Giolito's case, um, and, and then join the club uh, once once they have secured that extra year on the back end. Um, you know, I think the Nats um, are operating from a base of strength this year with two of the worst teams in all of baseball in their division. They should be able to feed on the Phillies and the Braves this year um, and be a little bit more comfortable in some of the organizational things they're deciding to do. Yes, the the Mets are going to be something to contend with. Uh, the Marlins might be semi-competitive, but um, but the Nets really are, are dealing from a position of strength this year, um, getting to face both the Marlins and, and the Phillies for 19 times and being able to beat up on those guys. So, like as Dave mentioned there, there's a June 15th deadline to pick up a two-year option for Mike Rizzo going forward. Uh, I'm kind of, having watched this franchise since the start, I'd be amazed if they didn't pick that up. The changes that he's made, not only in the major league level, but with the minor league organization, the scouts, the uh, internationals, at least <laughs> some of the international, maybe not Western uh, Japanese or anywhere out there, but they really kind of reshaped this organization. I, I'd be amazed if they didn't pick up that extension and keep him here for a few years going forward. Well, uh, c- considering our baseline for comparison is, is Jim Bowden here, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's easy to be impressed with uh, with Rizzo. Look, we, we can have our individual quibbles with, uh, with with this move or that. I'm looking at you, Jonathan Papelbon. But I think on the whole, he's he's been someone professional with a consistent plan, willing to take opportunities when opportunities present themselves in a way that is consistent with a vision of how he wants his team to go. Uh, and as, as Dave pointed out, he's managing with an eye to the future. He's managing confidently, not for just this season, which, you know, I, I think is, uh, I would agree, seems to argue strongly that he thinks he's, his option is going to get picked up. Uh, either that or he's just a, a man of such incredible integrity that he's managing for the future, even if he thinks he's going to get fired. So I, I think either way, it speaks well of Rizzo. We have our first guest here on the line, Joe Drugan from the Nats blog, at the Nats blog, Joe on Twitter, at the Nats blog for their entire site. Joe, one of the big uh, decisions Mike Rizzo had to make this winter, you wrote about it recently, keeping Jonathan Papelbon in the bullpen. We heard a mixed reaction to him. I thought it was you had an interesting take on it when you wrote about it the other day. What are, what are your thoughts if you want to talk about what you wrote the other day about Jonathan Papelbon being back and kind of the fan reaction, how you think everyone's going to approach this going forward? Yeah, sure. How's it going, guys? Uh, good to talk to everybody again. Hi, uh, the Joe. Baseball season's about ready. Hey, Joe. Hey, what's going on? Uh, so my thoughts, my thoughts on Pavelbon certainly have uh, have changed a little bit. I was just as as outraged as anybody uh, when the whole situation with Harper happened. I wrote a, you know, talked about it on our podcast pretty scathingly and uh, tweeted out some pretty strong opinions on it, but. As the offseason went on and I had more time to think about it, uh, really, I kind of came around to the fact that, you know, his teammates really clearly seem to have forgiven him, at least publicly. Um, there are kind of things that you see of, of candid shots of players working with him. And kind of the thought process with Papelbon is you know what you're going to get with the guy. He's going to be passionate. He's going to say stuff that really rubs you the wrong way. But uh, you know what you're going to get with the guy. Uh, and I realized that, why, you know, for me personally, and I've kind of come around on this in, in the last few years, 
uh, baseball is my release from the rest of life. And it's what I go to, to, you know, enjoy time and uh, sit back and, and crack open a, a beer and, and watch a game and of course analyze and take into it. And uh, my thought process really is Papelbon apologized to the, the fans publicly. The players seem to be okay with it. And I'm not going to let one guy ruin my opinion of an entire team uh, or how I cheer for that team. Joe, you, you guys made a bunch of additions to your staff. Uh, real quickly, before we move on to guests, we have a lot of people lined up here, but do you want to talk about a few of the new people that you have there and what they're going to be doing with you? Yeah, so we added uh, five people uh, to the staff this year. Uh, we're, we're pretty – five writers and uh, two graphics people. So uh, I don't have the list in front of me, so I'm not going to try and uh, call out names, but we are <laughs> trying to put out, you know, more regular content. Uh, we have people from – people that have written their own Nats blogs that have joined. We have some people who are uh, just freelance writers. We have people who are just getting into writing that are uh, in college and uh, on the younger side. So we're trying to put, churn out a lot of uh, new content to, to you know, compete with federal baseball and, uh, you know, you just continue really. And we've talked, you know, I know we've talked about this before is uh, really try to make sure that blog content stays good. Uh, and so we, we thought adding some staff could do that this year. So we just hope that we can, uh, that we can keep up with you guys and, and we get the, between the two of us and the other good blogs out there, we can keep the, keep the online media for the, for, uh, for the nationals going strong. Well, you know I'm a big fan of your work, and at, at the Nats blog, Joe, at the Nats blog as well for all their content. I really appreciate you coming on for a few minutes here, and I'm sure we'll have you on again this season, and we'll all we'll do everything we can to promote your work because, you know, I'm a big fan of all the stuff you guys do. Well, thanks a lot, Patrick. I appreciate it, man, and uh, right back at you. All right. Also joining us now, uh, MLB.com's Bill Ladson, one of my favorite people covering the Nationals. I've been following him since uh, he was writing about the Montreal Expos back in the day before everyone moved down here to Washington. Bill, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks a lot, Patrick. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Uh, I'm going to ask the first question for you, and then Dave got one for you. But my first question is, are, are we watching the last season of Steven Strasburg here going forward? Do you think there's any chance they're going to extend him at any point before next season and before he becomes a free agent? Well, personally, I don't think they'll sign him uh, before the season is over. I think he will test free agency. All of Scott Boris's clients always do, and I think it will be no different. And uh, I think it's going to take a lot to really sign Steven Strasburg. I mean, how much will it be? I don't know. But uh, I think, I mean, he's not going to go for a hometown discount at all. So, uh, you know, I just see him uh, testing the waters, and we'll see what happens. Hey, Bill, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's, it's Dave Nichols. Um, I wanted to get your impressions on Michael Taylor. Obviously, he had a really nice spring um, with the injuries that Jason Worth has had the last couple of seasons. Um, I think Taylor can end up getting an awful lot of playing time for the Nets this year. What are your impressions of him? And what do you think we can uh, expect to see out of him this season? He had a great he had a great spring. There's no denying it. And uh, a lot of people wanted to see Jason Worth benched over. Uh, I mean, for, for Michael Taylor, as you know. But uh, right now, you know, Jason Worth is going to be given a long rope, and uh, he's going to he's going to start in left field. I mean, Taylor's going to start off uh, on the bench. And I think he'll be lucky if he gets uh, at least 400 at bats. I think he'll get that much. I think Dusty Baker is a real is a fan of uh, Michael Taylor, and I think he'll get a share of playing time. There's no question that he'll see a lot of time 
they are in left, center, and right field. So uh, once those regulars get a rest, we'll see Michael Taylor. And one more question for you, uh, Bill. We're all getting to know Dusty Baker a little bit. I don't know what your history is with him. Uh, so far from what I've seen and heard from him, kind of reminds me of a little bit Davey Johnson, that old school kind of affable manager. Everyone seems to like him. He has friends all over the game. What are your first impressions of uh, Dusty Baker and how he ran spring training and how they all came out of there? Oh, it, it was excellent. Uh, Dusty Baker's great. Uh, yes, he's in the same class as a Davey Johnson. I would do I would definitely agree with that. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I just think that uh, the team's going to start winning again, just like they did two years ago. And his and his attitude is, uh, let's make the players happy, um, see what they want, and it's it's amazing how uh, they they've acted under Dusty Baker, nineteen four and four. That's that's pretty good uh, for spring training. <laughs> Dave, you got one more before we, uh, for Bill before we move on? Um, Bill, I just wanted to get your impression on the uh, the, the Papelbon situation. We asked Joe about it earlier, but uh, uh, you've been around this game a long time. You've seen, um, you know, your share of clubhouse brouhaha's. Uh, how do you think that's all sorted out now? Well, it's been sorted out from day one. I mean, uh, there isn't a problem between Papelbon and the players. Um, the problem is really with the fans, and, you know, to me, I think that's coming to an end because the booing uh, just recently when Papelbon came in wasn't that bad. Um, I, you know, there were some boos. I heard the boos. But it wasn't as loud as I expected. So, you know, it's dying down. And, and as long as Papelbon gets his share of saves, critical saves, I think the boos will go away. There's no question in my mind. At watching that, at watching that, W-A-A-A-A, S-H-I-N-G-N-A-T-S, I can spell. Bill Latson uh, on Twitter, one of my favorite writers covering the Nats and always a great guy. I really appreciate you coming on, Bill. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thanks, sir. See you next week, Bill. Up next, up next, we have another one of the favorite people down from Washington, D.C., Byron Kerr from Masson, at Masson Kerr on Twitter. Uh, Byron, we're going to talk a little prospects with you here. I really enjoyed over the winter reading a great series you do with uh, Baseball America's John Manuel every year. And we put up our watch list recently with Victor Robles, Drew Ward, Austin Voss, A.J. Cole, Andrew Stevenson, Eric Fetty, Ronaldo Lopez, Wander Suero. Uh, just wondering what, what are some of the prospects that are on your – or who are some of the prospects that are on your radar going into this season? Oh, well, thanks so much for having me on, guys. I'm excited for this season, and then the depth of the minor league system is starting to get going. Uh, talking to Mark Schlaba, director of player development, before this uh, this early camp started in spring training, and, and I'm, I'm sure you read uh, a lot of the work I did on the outfielders. You just mentioned a couple of them. Andrew Stevenson from LSU, uh, Rhett Weissman also, uh, a college uh, baseball player. Victor Robles is one of the teenagers and Blake Perkins as well. We're getting a lot of intel on these guys being very fast, very athletic. Telmito Augustine and Rafael Bautista. Bautista is kind of the older of all of those outfielders, but uh, they were all working very hard in camp, trying to outdo the other guy. And, and uh, Gary Thurman, the outfield coordinator, went through all of them uh, with me and, and was really impressed, working very hard on uh, their arm strengths and and uh, their throws to home. Andrew Stevenson is the, the guy that they're they're working on on his mechanics to, to, uh, to throwing. So the infielders obviously very good. We, we hear about the, you know uh, the outfielders are very good. We hear about the infielders as well with 
with Trey Turner and with the guys that uh, uh, we can watch this year. Obviously, Drew Ward is continually working on his defense, but he certainly is an outstanding infielder. And uh, the, you know, the influx of all the Dominican guys uh, that we hear about, you mentioned uh, uh, Victor Robles as an outfielder, but Jose Marmalejos was the uh, player of the year in the system last year. Um, he's a lefty a batter. We're going to hear a lot about him. Edwin Laura, another Dominican kid, and Kelvin Gutierrez. Also watch out for this Ian Sagdahl, another infielder from uh, uh, Washington State um, who uh, played at Auburn. Uh, last year, he'll probably see him in Hagerstown. He's another strong candidate to look for, and and um, you know the pitchers look really good too. I hear a lot about uh, Taylor Hearn, uh, who is a very lanky six six, two hundred fifteen pound left hander um, that is just incredible off the charts athleticism uh, and just an incredible uh, a wild. Uh, uh, he's so lanky that his delivery is is something they don't see too often. Paul Menhart, I have a series coming up. Uh, on the pitchers, the Paul Menhart, the pitching coordinator, talked to me about them. So Taylor Hearn's a, a name to remember. We saw Reynaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito uh, tweeting that they're on their way to Harrisburg. So that'll be interesting to see both of those uh, pitchers in Harrisburg coming up. And also, Coda Glover uh, is a is an up and coming closer for the future, a 22 year old from Monroe, Oklahoma, who's got some excellent stuff. So. There's a ton of guys to talk about. I didn't want to get too uh, long-winded, but that kind of can whet your appetite. Hey, Byron, it's Dave Nichols. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, one of the names you didn't mention uh, was uh, A.J. Cole. This is a guy that the Nats have traded for a couple of times, um, had a couple of coffees last year, and just got really beat up in that Atlanta series that he was up for. Um, he uh, is really at the tail end of his quote-unquote prospect status here. Um, is he a guy that is going to stay as a starter? Do you think they try to move him to the bullpen to pick up another mile or two per hour on his fastball? What do you what do you see with uh, with AJ Cole at this point? Thanks, Dave. I think it's a kind of a you know that put up or shut up year for AJ. Um, you know, I get the sense from the Nationals sources that I talk to that you know they were very surprised about what happened in Atlanta. They don't, did not expect that. And so, um, you know, the leash is getting shorter and shorter for A.J. because he has amazing stuff. He just now, just now has to put it together on, on the, the, you know, the stage, uh, the major league stage. And, and I, I, think they, I think it's easier for them to find uh, relief pitchers and, um, that they're going to keep him uh, as a starter for now. But um, you're right, it's getting, uh, you know, the ceiling is rising for A.J. Cole below him and uh, the floor is rising, so he has to really kind of have a nice year and uh, demonstrate that he deserves to be uh, still a top-ten prospect. Byron, before we let you get out of here, I just had one more question for you. Uh, Going back to Ronaldo Lopez, number five on Baseball America's top ten for this season, just turned 22 years old this year, has a fastball up in the high 90s, really strong arm, uh, third right-handed pitcher on Baseball America's list. Uh, there seems to be a discrepancy among scouts, though, about whether or not he's going to end up in the bullpen. I know Keith Law, for one, has written about uh, him probably ending up as a bullpen arm with the way he throws and just that really hard fastball. But wonder what, if anything, you're hearing about or where you think he might end up. I kind of have him in that same category as Felipe Rivero and maybe Abel De Los Santos last year as a real hard-throwing young guy at Double A who could get a shot at the majors this season. They really want to keep him a starter as well. Um, I've talked to a couple of uh, Nationals uh, sources as well on this subject, and um, he was suffering from a 
a back issue late in the season last year that slowed him down, and that's probably where a lot of the question marks about his durability came up as to whether or not he could sustain five or six innings and a high pitch count. But um, he's got such a great fastball for a frame of six feet and, uh, you know, curve change, uh, you know, a couple other things that are, that are working on. But uh, they want to maintain his track as a starter. And uh, if, it, if that uh, tweet that we saw today that he's headed to Harrisburg is true, that would give me a good idea that, you know, they're going to slot him into the starting position in Harrisburg and see how he does against double-A competition. But no way are they going to give up on him yet. They want him to be a starter. Yeah, as young as he is and talented as he is, I wouldn't think so. But we'll see what they do going forward. I really appreciate you coming on, Byron. Masson Kerr on Twitter, M-A-S-N-K-E-R-R. Also does great content on MassonSports.com. Just really appreciate you coming on, and nice to talk to you again, sir. Absolutely. Looking forward, guys. Take care. Thank you. Yep. Up next in our revolving list of guests here, Chase Hughes at Chase Hughes CSN from CSN Mid-Atlantic. Also does well, produced a lot of great video content this spring. I was watching everything you did and really enjoyed the Facebook chats that you're doing, so I kind of hope you keep doing those going forward. But Also, Baseball in the District with Tim Murray on ESPN 980. is just all over the place. And one of the nicest people down there. I keep saying that about everyone, but obviously I like everyone we're inviting you on the show to talk to. So, Chase Hughes, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, going through a, a baseball fantasy draft right now, so... Uh... Um, I'm excited for the season to uh, be getting started. Did you draft Harper? And a serious question, uh, what do you think about Harper's chances of repeating what he did or at least coming close to approximating what he did last season and that really just next level kind of breakout? Uh, Yeah, well, I did not uh, draft Harper. I don't have any nationals on my team, although I did get uh, Billy Burns, which I'm uh, pretty excited about. But um, I think the odds of – Harper repeating at least most of the numbers he put up last year are pretty good. Um, I, I think he may take a step back in terms of home runs. Uh, I think hitting over 40, uh, that was a lot, and I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that consistently. That's just not something that a lot of guys not named Jose Batista can do. Um, but I, I have to think that a lot of his numbers will go up, uh, runs scored, uh, um, RBIs, things like that, um, with, with just more protection in the lineup. And it really, it's really going to come down to, as you guys know, uh, Anthony Rendon and Ryan Zimmerman getting in front of them and behind them. Um, if they can stay healthy, uh, it'll be really interesting to see how that affects Bryce Harper because uh, what he did last year was unbelievable. It was historic, and it and it happened with very little protection around him. And you know, I think all every baseball fan who, who watches the game closely has their own series of protection in the lineup. And I have to think that uh, there is room for improvement for that simple reason. Hey, Chase, it's Dave Nichols. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, I'm glad you brought up Ryan Zimmerman because we've been talking about the Nationals for a half hour now, and and nobody had brought up Zimmerman's name. Um, Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Is this a guy that that is going to be able to uh, participate in this offense this year? Well, you know, I thought it was pretty concerning uh, earlier this spring when he wasn't playing. And, uh, you know, Ken Rosenthal had a report that the Nationals may be looking to make a trade. And, and I think we were all kind of exploring the contingency plans. Would that mean Clint Robinson at first? Or would, um, you know, Daniel Murphy move over or something like that? But I think you have to be very encouraged with the way uh, he's responding since he got into that lineup. I mean, uh, seeing him 
live in, in, in Washington uh, these last two days. He's been as impressive um, as anybody, really. Uh, even when, um, I, th- I think it was yesterday, he lined out to left field. He, he's just making really, really hard contact, um, even when the ball's not dropping in. So um, he's also looked good, good defensively, uh, making some, some nice plays at first base. So I think uh, his foot has to be at least to a point right now where he can um, play through it. And, you know, that that's an injury pointer fasciitis that we all know can linger, and, and I'm sure we'll hear about it. Uh, again at some point, but right now he seems to be primed to uh, have a hot start to the season, uh, really maybe as much as anyone on the team. Chase, we asked earlier about uh, some of the big changes Mike Rizzo met, uh, made this winter, and I kind of pointed to the coaching staff adding uh, Dusty Baker and Mike Maddox, Davey Lopes, and all those guys, the bullpen kind of remade, and then you have you talking about uh, – Ben Revere and Daniel Murphy being added to. Just wonder what your thoughts are on the kind of reshuffling that Mike Rizzo did and the improvements that he made to the roster. Well, it's definitely uh, a little bit different now. Uh, there's a lot of new faces. Is, is you kind of walk around uh, the clubhouse. Uh, the coaching staff, I think, is, is probably going to be end up being a pretty underrated addition to this team. Uh, you know, I think Mike Maddox is going to have a profound impact and. Uh, you know, Dusty Baker's already been kind of singing his, his praises when it comes to what he's done with uh, Blake Trinan um, and some of their young pitchers. Uh, you know, of course, that will, you know, play out over the course of the season. We saw last year um, some guys fail to make adjustments midseason, so I think that's where uh, his value will really be kind of proven. And in terms of Davey Lopes, um, who is also another um, very engaging personality, uh, it'll come down to how they can improve on the base path, and is, is there an, an obvious impact for him? Um, you know, they did let a lot go this off season. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman, uh, Denard Spann, and Ian Desmond—that's that's a lot to kind of let out the door, and, and Drew Storen as well. Um, so I think it, it's definitely definitely going to be different. And as we know, they they probably let a little bit of power out of their lineup. Um, in, in lieu of some uh, contact hitters and Ben Revere and Daniel Murphy. And, and I personally think that that's probably going to be good in the long run, uh, removing the strikeouts that they had for Ian Desmond and Michael A. Taylor in particular in the lineup last year. Um, I, I think ultimately uh, once it gets to September and October and, and you have big games against good teams with good pitching staffs, I think that's going to uh, definitely prove to be a wise decision. Um, I'm going to just outro here, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on, Chase, at Chase Hughes, CSN, uh, CSN Mid-Atlantic. Also, I really love the baseball on the district radio show you do with Tim Mary on ESPN 980, and really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Dave, we'll just wrap up here with you and Doghouse. Uh, Doghouse, any comments on anything you uh, heard going forward here? Because uh, kind of jumping back and forth with all those guys and had you sitting on the side for a little while there. No, that's fine. I just, I'm just sitting back here, eyes closed, fingers crossed. <laughs> Dave, before we wrap up, I'm uh, I'm just looking forward to getting back into DC, getting into Nats Park, and uh, hopefully the sun will be shining and um, and and we'll be able to talk about some winning baseball next week. All right, and I'll apologize in advance. I got a few notes that the show cut off. Usually they let us go over the 30 minute mark, but we'll see what happens when we end this episode. The button for me to end the episode is still a red there and waiting for me to hit it. So we'll do that now and 
We'll be back after tomorrow night's uh, season opener against the Atlanta Braves. 4:05 start. Steven Strasburg, uh, not Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer versus Julio Tehran for the opener. Really looking forward to real baseball and a few games tonight, but big ones tomorrow for Nationals fans. Nats Nightly is sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. Talk to all of you guys after tomorrow's game. Go Nats.